one. Well, it's Groundhog Day, again, and that must mean that we're up here at Gobbler's Knob, waiting for the forecast from the world's most famous groundhog weatherman, Punxsutawney Phil, who's just about to tell us how much more winter we can expect. Tony Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of prognosticators. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yosemite booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. <laughs> Alright, it's Entitled Town for the month of February. Hello everybody, my name is Mike Irons. Brother John is here with Scartsy and Shaq. Uh, it's the annual Brady Retirement Podcast, John. And as the resident Brady apologist, uh, when you woke up uh, last week and heard that Brady was hanging him up for real this time, uh, what was your reaction? Well, we're going to get into the, you know, the Jim Gray, Brady, Belichick get up podcast, I know, in a little bit. And we'll, we'll also get into some of the stuff that that resident mediates uh around the city were talking about my own personal you know watching tom brady watching him do what he he did we'll never see it again um i will i will always appreciate what we had with him and you know when he's gone he's gone forever and i'm gonna miss that okay i mean that's fair um scarcy i i got up uh and read that brady had retired and really it was my reaction was kind of a flat line it the opposite of love isn't hate, it's apathy. And, you know, Mike on Route 1 has been really outspoken about his enmity towards Brady. I kind of lean a little bit more towards that way, though I'm coming back more towards center. Where, where are you with all this, the, the Brady stuff? Um, we'll get into the Miami stuff that kind of really taints it for me. But where are you with the Brady stuff? Oh, I was amazingly similar with the, the whole, I believe my uh, emotional reaction was meh. Yeah, exactly. This time around, you can only uh, you can only you can only sign the retirement papers once and mean it, and either either he means it this time, or something else is going to come up, or you know we figured that he'd have uh, he'd be in the playoffs right now with his uh, movie thing, oh, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't, you know, pull the curtain back, but Media Mike is at a uh, matinee right now watching. <laughs> <laughs> movie um, review next pod. That's yeah, right. We're, 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 we're recording at uh, we're recording, you know, very very early in the afternoon, and after that, he's going to have dinner at four thirty, along with everyone else at the uh, retirement home <laughs> that got bussed there to see it. Yeah, Del Boca Vista Phase Three. The happy hour, the happy hour ends at at, uh, at five, as you were referencing, Scarcy. <laughs> but yeah, it was again. I, I still reflexively get uh, angry at people that try and minimize all his uh, all his accomplishments here in New England, and also for you know the great job he did parachuting into uh, Tampa and getting that uh, last Super Bowl. But uh, you know, uh, 
<laughs> Are you saying that well, your let's... Facebook relation status with Brady is it's complicated? I think that's what would have to would have to be if we're being if we're being honest here. But, but you know, I got to ask you guys. You you all probably follow the Twitter accounts of like the the Patriots time machine stuff and and whatever. And there's there's just like Brady content every day in my in my feed, and I just can't help. It's but, every day in January and February. You come it, across it, some great moment that happened uh, over the last 20 years. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm not bothered over the dual retirement. I'm not bothered that, you know, the Tampa thing. I just I seem like I just feel like I've forgiven any transgression there. And the the what he provided Patriots fans and provided, you know, the the town and the team uh with his performance and his greatness, it just I just can't, I You've can't. You've lost let, your edge, man. You've totally lost your edge. I've living lost, living in San, you're San Mateo adjacent. You've lost <laughs> your edge. <laughs> maybe, maybe that is part of it in Brady family territory down here. But um, it's like, it just, there was too many great memories. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I will, I will be the resident Brady apologist softy uh, on this pod, I guess. Shaq, I think you're a, John and you are skating. Uh, you have your chairs facing the same way. Am I correct? Um, not maybe it's facing sideways because <laughs> I, I think that the Brady retirement for me was also meh. But I think over the last week, I've come to realize that it's not the Brady, the Brady um, rewriting of history. And obviously, we're going to get to the rewriting of history as, of, as yes. of the terms of the way he left. But it's the rewriting of history as to what he's done. And in, in his retire in his, you know, eight days of retirement that have really pissed me off and especially with the media and the, the chiefs saying oh my gosh Patrick Mahomes is the is the goat and he's better than Tom Brady and all this stuff and I know it's Twitter I know Twitter is a cesspool but when you have uh, Maurice Jones Drew on NFL Network saying that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest and I mean I shouldn't be bothered by those things but it just reiterates to me how much it's how much how much time is being taken to erase to almost erase Tom Brady and, and the Patriots by proxies uh, the greatness and that to me reemphasizes how how great he is because they have to go through those lines. I think there's been a retroactive lionizing of Brady in the media. If you think back to the Deflate Gate nonsense and when he got suspended for the first four games because of that in 2016 season. There's a lot of barbs being thrown at Brady, but once the the specter of the shadow of Belichick was removed, he became a much more sympathetic figure. There's not a lot of people can appreciate Patrick Mahomes' greatness, and they do on social media and in the NFL media. There's no denigration of Andy Reid um, to go with that. Maybe that's because Reid plays the game a little bit more and plays some grab ass with the media, John. But I mean, there there isn't any demonizing of Andy Reid and. I mean, Brady went on his, his own podcast, his unlistable podcast, with ads every 30 seconds. Maybe I just have ad envy. Who knows? But Brought to you by HelloFresh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Athletic Greens, as Scartsy suggested. Uh, John, I guess there really isn't a parallel between Mahomes and Reed and, and Brady and Belichick. There's just a whole lot more history. But Shaq is right. There's, it's like the Patriots' run of excellence is, be, is being eager to be pushed aside. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I mean, folks didn't like it when it was going on. Uh, obviously, there's an interest in pushing it aside. I do want to go back to one thing on Brady, though. I haven't forgiven the tampering 
issue with Miami. Just for the record, I haven't forgiven it. I've just compartmentalized it, which, you know, is a, is a quality is Irish Catholic skill, as is my want. Um, so the, the, I, I don't understand the desire to like, you know, appoint Patrick Mahomes as, as goat in waiting, uh, or, or like already the goat or the, you know, the chiefs, what the chiefs have accomplished with what five straight AFC championship games is, you know, unbelievable. Never, never to be duplicated. And I'm thinking to myself, like the, the people <laughs> like sleep through the Patriots run, uh, last decade, I guess, I guess they did. Um, yeah, it's, I'm with Shaq. It shouldn't bother me, but it does. Um, and it's, you know, but maybe I should take solace in like, you know, it won't be long before LeBron's retired and people will be desperate to, to anoint somebody else, uh, the next goat in basketball. So By I, the I way, I'm glad should, I'm glad I wasn't, I wasn't, I'm glad I wasn't available after the, the Lakers went into the garden to play the Celtics after LeBron's hissy fit at the end of regulation going oh. to the basket, which was oh, the, the, the night of a thousand memes. I want to talk about something that's revealing of character. My God. All right. Back to the subject of the hand irons. Um, I think what's bothered me most other than that feckless asshole, Brian Barrett. And yes, I realize I'm the only one that gets triggered by him, but as Dan's <laughs> Dan's told us, uh, or I've told Dan, everyone has someone that triggers him for Dan. It's uppy for me. It's Brian Barrett, but it seems a little bit, the misrepresentation as we alluded to regarding how Brady left the Patriots has been completely glossed over and misrepresented, as I said, to lionize Brady and to demonize Belichick. And nowhere has this been more um, evident than at uh, California Bill's vanity project, The Ringer. I'm not suggesting there was an edict sent down from on high at Spotify or from one of California Bill's eight Brentwood mansions. But the misrepresentation of what's going on, this this stuff perpetuates and it's, you know, they're printing the legend. So this is this is from the Ryan Rosillo podcast talking about Brady's retirement. Took less money. You handled those years where you didn't have great skill players. And we still were competitive. And you don't want to leave. And this is where you've been. You know what? I think I'm done because... You didn't look as good in your last season, despite having no weapons, right? The Brady exit from New England was so weird that Brady had to publicly acknowledge that Bob Kraft had nothing to do with it because Kraft was probably so freaked out. Like, does anybody even think I want him out of here? And Belichick did. And Belichick also wanted him out with no plan. Jared Stidham and Cam Newton was the plan. And then the plan after that was pick somebody. And then the plan after that was hire defensive guys to be your play callers took less money bill belichick did not jettison tom brady tom brady orchestrated and chose to leave yep he was tampering with the doll he was playing footsie with the dolphins for three years he's on record of being the mo most unhappy eight no quarterback in the mm -hmm. history of the nfl in 2019 they it went was so obvious about this ben volan knew somehow <laughs> oh, think Dude. about that <laughs> Think about this, this no weapons narrative bullshit, right? They went out and they, in 2016, they won the Super Bowl. They had the number one offense in the NFL. They went out in that offseason and acquired Brandon Cooks in the 2017 season. The 2018 season, they drafted a running back with their first pick. They won the Super Bowl in 2018. In 2019, they drafted a receiver with their first pick. You think they did that 
maybe in, in part to placate Brady. So the, the no. rewriting of history, this Russillo bullshit that Bill forced him out the door. Now, were there problems? Absolutely, there were problems. You spend 20 years with somebody in a locker room in a testosterone alpha male charged sport like football, that's going to happen. I don't begrudge him leaving. But what irritates me, Scarzi, is this, this, I mean, we're going on three years of this now, this bullshit going on. Russillo has his goddamn Bill versus uh, Brady, uh, you know, grudge match, you know, uh, revenge tour thing going on. It's it's so asinine. It's, and Brady said himself in his own podcast, you know, they, there's an appreciation for each other after the fact. And the fact that Belichick would go on with Brady is is very, very telling the amount of respect that, that both of them have for each other. Yeah. Is there a question there? No, it's, it's, it's more of a rant. It's <laughs> okay. just, I got the wrap it up <laughs> light was going on in the corner <laughs> of the screen, let's, Scarcy, let's, so. not for, let's, not for, let's not forget his uh, Belichick's attempt to give the 2019 team a real chance at the Super Bowl. And that met with uh, Josh Gordon, uh, Antonio Crazy-Ass Brown, and Mohamed Sanu. The Antonio Brown thing is all on Brady. It's all on Brady. Yeah, that's on Tom, right, Scarzi? Exactly. (laughs) And like you say, twenty years. We've known each other for nearly twenty years, and there's times where I can't stand you, so I get it. Ditto. Uh, Oh, see, so you know, we understand. Never mind the brothers here. Yeah, I'm gonna mute my. I'm gonna mute myself for a second here while I I, re uh, or hinge myself for being unhinged. John, go ahead. So, I mean, that's a that's a point that I don't think people really make enough of it. Brady literally had the same boss for 20 years. And, you know, in, in so few vocations, do you see that? And the, to, to do that in professional sports with the pressure, the, you know, the locker room, testosterone, competition, alpha male stuff. I mean, it's like, that is a really rare feat to last as long as they did. It's, it's, it's not being angry that it's, you know, that it was over. It's being appreciative of what you had as long as you had it. Now that Oh, thing Walsh and Montana, to... how long were they together? Half <laughs> the, that amount of time. The, the, the thing that I'd love to know is the tampering thing. You know, we, we touched on it. Like, that's the smoking gun that absolves Belichick. The, the fact that Brady was out there tampering. And, and if you believe anything else on... It's never mentioned, John. Uh, it's never it's mentioned not, in the media. If you, if you believe anything else on the drama and, you know, he said, she said stuff and Tom Sr., you know, weighing in through Tom Curran and all that garbage the fact that brady was out there tampering with the dolphins you know it 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 completely absolves belichick of forcing him out you know brady was looking for the for the exits and and that's and honestly that's okay they spent 20 years together i mean brady has the right to try it somewhere else you know there, there was family considerations obviously and and other things like i don't begrudge him leaving i i i'm bothered by the tampering and i certainly don't blame belichick for any of this who had, had done nothing but a commitment to win, you know, year after year after year, the way he structured that roster and, and ran the program. The, the narrative that they were pushing him out the door is patently false. And this narrative has been pushed by Tom Curran. Let's go in the Wayback Machine to March 1st, 2020. This is Tom Curran on NBC Takes Tonight reporting on Patriots negotiating with Tom Brady to keep Tom Brady. Go ahead, take it away, TEC. The Patriots are still very much trying to find a way around to how they're going to keep Brady here. That is a priority for them in terms of the collective bargaining agreement. They say that's an impediment. Personally, I think you can move your way around that and at least 
back of the cocktail napkin, put some numbers together. Right. But this is the week and next week where they probably have to sit down and get together. The Patriots. So they did, Tom Curran, if you want to believe Curran here, and I do, there was a lot of other stuff. Jeff Howe reported they were offering him a form of the Drew Brees contract. It was two years, $53 million, uh, reported as the Patriots offer to Brady by Jeff Howe of The Athletic. Um, why is this being lost? Why is this being obfuscated, Shaq? I mean, I, I, it's a rhetorical question, but please answer it. Because <laughs> the rhetorical question has an answer because they don't want, they want to blame Bill Belichick they, because Bill Belichick is the guy who's there and the guy, you know, you got to dance with the guy you're with. And, and going back to that Miami meeting and tampering issue, the him meeting Stephen Ross before the start of the 2019 season, his last season as a Patriot. When he's perhaps, the defending Super Bowl champion right. quarterback. Exactly. And perhaps he knew that, well, not perhaps, he said that it, he knew that it was his last year on Howard Stern. And, you know, maybe he was trying to find a landing spot and trying to do all of that. Okay, fine. The biggest issue I have with it is it potentially compromised any opportunity for you to, to stay if you wanted to. What if they didn't reach some kind of understanding back in February or March of 2020 because of what Ross said to you? I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. And like you said, um, Mike, it's unbelievable how the story of the Miami uh, angle of it has just gotten totally vaporized. And again, it, it all goes back to Belichick. The Dolphins lost that. the first round pick for that. They lost the higher of their two first round picks. And that's, you would think if, 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 if you want to talk about on your resume, right? He's he was a, on a team that was accused of Spygate. He was accused of being the ringleader in the bullshit Deflategate stuff. Now, Mike and Route One might disagree with me on that. He thinks that there might be smoke and fire there. I think that's maybe some residual, uh, whatever it is, with Tommy. And then he goes to Tampa. I mean, three strikes, you're out. I mean, it's again the rewriting of history. He's Kraft is going to capitulate to him. I don't give a, a tin shit about whether they he signs a one-day contract. You know, you'll get your red jacket. Um, you're, you're Obviously, you're, you're the first ballot guy in Canton. It's a, it's a goddamn shame. I never thought, if you had told me 10 years ago, when I guess, uh, John, we were defending that wall, um, I, I know we were in real time. Everything that happened between the Colts AFC Championship game in January 2015 and Super Bowl 49 was goddamn surreal. It was a yeah. circus. The fact that the NFL put their finger on the scale and the Patriots still won that game against an excellent football team is remarkable. I can't believe that I am just, I was emotional when Larry Bird retired. I'll probably be emotional when Patrice Bergeron hangs him up. Um, I certainly was when David Ortiz retired and it's, it's a goddamn shame that he he's alienated a large portion of the fan base uh, due to his actions. It's, it, it really is a shame. And he lost his family over it too. I mean, at least in part. It's, it's, yeah, it's very tragic in that respect. And I, I don't feel it as acutely because I don't feel like he lost me, but everything you're saying, like, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to that point of view. I don't, I don't begrudge it at all. I mean, people are very entitled to feel that way and feel let down and feel betrayed. Um, I, I'm choosing to focus on in a Zen sort of way, you know, <laughs> the, the, on the, on the good times we had together and, and the memories and, like you said, the moments like that Seattle Super Bowl, we'll never forget it, right? We'll never forget it. The, I can remember where I was when I watched the Atlanta Super Bowl. I can remember 
how I watched the last Rams Super Bowl. I can remember watching the first Rams Super Bowl. I mean, it's like these vivid, great memories with friends and family and people that have passed. And, you know, it's like that, that to me is the, is the Brady, like that I'm going to stick with. The tampering stuff sucks. He'll probably never explain it. Probably never apologize for it. Um, the one day contract thing, I don't really care about it either. It's kind of a theatrical Craft thing. ego, window dressing. Yeah, it's, it's you know, whatever. I mean, you know, for, maybe for some fans, it means something, right? Like, I don't begrudge them being excited about it. Um, it's just, like, I'm I'm just locked in on the 20, and, and everything Brady represented with his excellence and, you know, commitment to winning and sacrificing personal stats, even sacrificing on the contract side uh, to, to help the team be successful. And by the way, this comes out really well, I thought, in the Jim Gray Get Up podcast. I know we're going to talk about it. There's some really good lines in there that speak exactly to that. And that 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 actually, those two together on that pod gave me a little bit more closure than I thought I needed. Scarzi, it, I think it's it's a real shame, What as I just laid out. Pedro Martinez left to go pitch for the Mets. There was no ill will towards Pedro Martinez when he left. He left. They won a World Series title. He gave the greatest pitching run I, for myself I've ever witnessed. Roger should be – Pedro was cheered every time he goes to Fenway Park. It was raucous when he came back when they retired 45. It should have been that way for Brady. And maybe it will be. Maybe I am how Mike and Root went on I and, and, and to a, some point you and, uh, and Shaq Scartsy feel that way. The closest thing this comes to me, and you know the enmity and the, you know, they put hate in your heart. No, no. That this comes to <laughs> is Roger Clemens. No. Roger God. Clemens was reviled <laughs> after leaving for the goddamn Blue Jays. Just he didn't, lied. He worse on, than Hitler. I, yeah, worse I, than I, Hitler. <laughs> yeah, the Ohio con. Yeah, worse than Hitler. I mean, is that, is, it should be worse than Clemens in some ways, Scartelli. Do you agree or am I just, am I just losing my mind? The I answer is yes. That. I wouldn't go that far, Tone. <laughs> but I, I can I can understand it. Um, it's but but watching it happen to Tom. When right now we're in the what is it? Uh, it's hubris. It's nemesis. It's that whole uh, that whole dichotomy there. The fact that you know he he gave up so much to to get where he was, and you know, and you know how how did it benefit him at the at the end? And it it simply didn't. And. Uh, I'm I'm entirely for any uh, any ridiculous one day contract uh, signing event if it means that it uh, stuffs it up uh, Tommy Curran's ass for saying it's not going to happen. <laughs> I can't I can't I still can't believe I cannot believe that the the, the goddamn Red Sox retired Clemens's number. Dear Lord, we're well, mm. we gonna have to we're gonna have to cut that out. I use the a dash dash word, and if uh, <laughs> and if any and, and if any elderly uh, elderly former GMs are listening, they could probably. <laughs> Who knows what could have happened? By, by the way, John, how great was it? Dan's not here today. How great was it that Dan's been getting under Upton's wig just on the regular? Well, I, you know, I didn't know Upton. I, I figured Upton had like me muted. I mean, I've, I've said a few things to him. He's never responded. He's going back and forth with Dan like they're like he's Kevin, you know? And... Well, he thinks bootleg <laughs> is actually Mike Barnacle. So maybe. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, Dan, Dan Duncan on him is. Suit it's it's elder abuse adjacent I would say but it's 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 also it's also necessary. Uh, Upton mm -hmm. has become probably the most insufferable, incoherent, anti-Belichick, 
just, you know, complete lunatic on the app. And it's, it's so grotesque. I would frankly love to know why um, he, he has this personal, you know, antipathy toward, toward Belichick. It's, it's, it really reads very personal. Um, and yeah, Dan was just repeatedly dragging him. Um, but he did use a profanity at Upton and Upton was very offended by that. So, you know, he used Scartsy's favorite uh, pejorative there. And Dan actually responded back to him. Uh, somebody asked him, it says, oh, but the, the, this old octogenarian is getting offended by the word ass, you know, okay, boomer. Dan was like, uh, Dan's response was along the lines, I think the word he was most offended by was success and his lack of thereof. <laughs> Nine and 19 lives forever. Shaq, does Upton, you know, does Upton get under uh, your under your skin at all? I, he is enraging. As Sal, as our buddy Sal says, he's the biggest piece of shit on that app. Uh, just to go back to what, what you were talking about about Brady before I get to uh, nine and nineteen, um, <laughs> I, about Brady, it, what I don't like is, and I know it probably couldn't have happened because he was in with the Buccaneers, it, but. There's been the Brady and Belichick stuff. Like, there's you know, the Asante Samuels of the world coming out. You know, the irrelevant Mm -hmm. idiots. You know, for the last three years, been tweeting, "Oh, Belichick sucks." Blah 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 blah. We know you. You know, you catch the fucking ball, you idiot. Anyway, (laughs) um, but you think if Asante Samuel knew that they were filming signals, he wouldn't have spilled the goods by now? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But um, with Brady, I'm. You've had ample time to come out and say, this is bullshit. Stop the madness. Belichick is is awesome. And I know he has, but I just wish that he was a little bit more forceful in the, in the you know, I wish he defended the wall, if, as it were. But to me, it just seems like, the why, why does it, like you guys, it doesn't really feel, maybe not John, but maybe with you guys, I, I feel like it, it feel, rings hollow to me, the whole retirement thing, because it's like, I wish that, he went a little bit deeper in the, you know, the camp of, of the Patriots. But I understand the situation that he was in because he was in Tampa Bay and, you know, that would be a conflict of interest. But maybe he will, maybe he will now, now that he's quote unquote retired. We'll see how long it lasts. But maybe now that he'll be a media member soon, maybe he'll be doing that because we, we, there certainly needs to be a balance in that effort. He's, so, a play, so, so, he, he's a placator. He, I'm sure that'll all come out when they give him his red jacket or whatever they do for him. Go ahead, John. All right. So this might be a good time to pull up the audio from Get Up, Mike, because Shaq yep. makes a really good point about Brady defending the wall, defending Belichick. And and let's play a little bit of that audio. I thought he did a good job doing that exact thing. But let's let's play the tape. All right. Here's the audio from the Tom Brady and uh, Jim Gray collaboration, the Let's Go podcast. Coach couldn't play quarterback and I couldn't coach. And I think the best part about the best part about football is, and coach says it a lot, do your job. And he asked me to play quarterback. He didn't ask me to coach. And, you know, I didn't want him playing quarterback. I just wanted him to coach. <laughs> I'd seen him throw. So he definitely wasn't playing quarterback. He, uh, I think it was, it's, it's such a stupid, in my view, it was just people always trying to pull us apart. And I don't think we ever even felt that with each other. We never were trying to pull each other apart. We actually were always trying to go in the same direction. And I think when we were in New England for 20 years together, you know, it's tired. They get tired of writing the same story. So 
you know, once they write all the nice things and championships and this, and then they just start going, well, this works. Let's start trying to divide them. And I think I didn't, I never really appreciated those, you know, ways that people would try to do that. He and I always had a great relationship and we met all the time. And did we always see everything exactly the same way? Who does in life? You know, what close relationship can you have where everything goes, you know, like a bright, sunny day? No, there are moments that, you know, it was never intolerable. I mean, but it was always just, I would say, healthy debates about certain things. And we always talked about him face to face. And I think there's one thing I appreciate about Coach Belichick in life is he's not afraid to have a hard conversation, too. And we didn't always agree, but we always respected each other. I know he respected me for the job that I did, and I certainly did the same. And I think even when you go away from each other, you respect each other probably that much more. I certainly did because I realized the commitment that he was trying to make to get our team to win. I think that says it pretty well right there, John. They have There's a mutual respect and affection for each other. I think that was apparent after the game when the Buccaneers came to Foxborough a couple of years ago. But it's, it's a pretty telling clip. I mean, it's, it's parsed in some Brady speak. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's... And the fact, again, I'm repeating myself, the fact that Belichick went on Brady's podcast yeah. and they did the, the NFL Top 100 a couple of years ago is pretty telling. It, it, the, the very beginning of that pod, before this clip, um, Brady says, there's nobody I'd rather be associated with. Jim Gray's talking about how Brady and Belichick will be linked forever. Brady says, there's nobody I'd rather be associated with. He said it was stupid for people to try to divide us. And then he goes into the clip that, that you played. And then Belichick is talking about you know, it goes back to Belichick and it's, you know, he's doing his, his typical Belichick stuff. Players win games, you know, teams win games. Coaches can only really lose games. It's all about the players. He compares Tom to uh, Lawrence Taylor, talks about how everybody, you know, Brady always had a target on his back, always, just like Taylor, uh, always stepped up and delivered. I uh, brought out the best in his teammates. Uh, Brady goes on about Belichick's flexibility and how he adjusted the team year to year, giving the best chance to win expectations in new england were always to win excuses are bullshit uh that was brady's line uh and you know the goal was to find the formula for winning which i i love that line because we saw that you know they, they would score points in bunches and win games that way then they'd win you know these slugfest rock fight defensive struggles and and people would lampoon brady and say that it was all belichick the belichick master class beating the Rams system and, quarterback and, right it's system system quarterback and and you know, the Belichick genius beating McVay and the Rams in the Super Bowl, right? So, like, we saw the the sine wave of all this as fans over 20 years. We know how much of this is bullshit. And, like, I know there's Brady ease and you can parse some of that. Uh, I also like the line in the clip that you played, you know, where you appreciate it that much more when it's gone. I mean, what you know, Brady won the Super Bowl with Arians, but that thing collapsed. And, and this year was a complete debacle. And... You know, like you don't think that he has a greater appreciation for Belichick, having spent three years down there in Tampa, than you know than he would have if he had stayed his entire career in New England. Looking I, over I at Todd Bowles this past season, dear it, lord, I, I I think that'll come out over time as well. And and you know either Brady directly or or you know sources close to Brady, you know that that point will will come out in in the years to come. So, you know, I I just it. Like I said, I thought it was really, really good. The fact that Belichick went on to it. There was a real genuine affection there. Uh, the way they talked about each other. Certainly a cynic could say it was all, you know, scripted and whatever. And just being, you know, whatever gentlemen lead each other. And how do you explain the tampering part, the, that sort of betrayal? Fair point. Um, I just, 
there, there was a genuine affection there that I really enjoyed. Phil Perry went on the Zolak and Bertrand show on 98.5. There's, there's a sentence that le leads up to a, an imminent <laughs> shit show for sure. Uh, rocketing up the, the hate chart. Uh, Phil Perry goes and plays footsie uh, with the assholes at 98.5. I think that's what this is. But but he is intentionally omitting or misremembering or fabricating. So he's calling Tom Brady a fabricator. He's omitting the, the clip cut off, which is probably for the best. What a factory of sadness Radio Row is watching that video. From 98.5. Dear God. Um, Shaq, is Phil Perry calling Tom Brady a liar? Yes, he is. And it's it's pretty interesting coming from that that entire cabal of, of characters over at uh, NBC Takes has just been unbelievable. I, I don't know if you have the uh, Ted Johnson clip from, uh, I, I know that's from Brian Barrett earlier, but he he's been on all of Brian the Barrett. Page. Brian Fuck, Barrett yeah. is a feckless piece of garbage. My God, it's 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 almost unbelievable the way the the way the media is. They're almost trying to do the you know nothing to see here type of thing, and it's it's predictable, but it's sad as well because if you can't believe the two people who you've been trying like like Brady said, if you the two people you've been trying to pull apart. And if you can't believe them, then you want you want us to believe you? Okay, good luck. All right, uh, let's, exactly I think it. we've talked a lot of Brady. Let's let's wrap up the Brady talk here, John. Go ahead. But you know that's ex what Shaq said. That's exactly it. Who mm -hmm. am I going to believe? I'm going to believe Brady and Belichick. With you know, can your ears pick up like a genuine affection there? Right? Am I going to believe that? on that podcast or am i going to believe phil perry like a blow-dried takes why, why why would why would i believe phil like what what makes you think that phil perry has insight beyond what tom brady and bill belichick are are delivering together on a podcast like what 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 is phil or current like why would anybody ben boland greg bedard i mean these are their colleagues right this is the the industry they're a part of like why would i believe anything from that industry on on their reporting on on any of this like i just i wouldn't that, that's what makes the direct to consumer sort of uh you know uh information that that belichick and brady are providing there you know we can listen with our own ears we can make that determination i don't need an intermediary like phil perry to tell me what's going on you know it's 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 a ridiculous notion that that phil adds any value here when belichick and brady are going direct to the audience in sharing their opinions of, of each other. Scarzi, is Phil Perry inten intentionally omitting something? Is he misremembering something? Or is he just an asshole? What's his motivation? What's uh, 98.5's motivation for, you know, talking about this in such a way? It's, it's, it's obnoxious. Greasy. Mm. All right, I think it's, listen, the Brady stuff's complicated. I'm sure that I will soften over time because I'm, here in the Washington, the Northwest, whoa, whoa, California, whoa, whoa. adjacent. Yeah, you're you definitely soften over time. I mean, give me a break. You just you're still pissed about the Red Sox retiring Roger Clemens. You <laughs> you do not soften. I will work on you, but I don't know. That is not a fait accompli that you're going to soften. Selectively soft, I <laughs> yeah. guess, would be the phrase that would apply here. Uh, Shaq, uh, the Nets traded Kyrie. What's the sense inside the building in Brooklyn? 
it's it's relief because <laughs> that 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 guy, holy shit, he is off his rocker. And when he came back to Boston, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, and there was this whole thing, and I, and I know you and I were talking about this uh, texting. Yeah. There, there were a whole lot of people saying, "Oh, why are you? Why are they booing Kyrie? It, it's been a long time. It's time has gone by. He he's helped he's helped the Celtics in, in a way, so you should be grateful. Fuck him and fuck Kyrie. Oh my gosh, he's he's. I mean, the, the words can't describe how crazy he is. So I'm I will boo him. I don't care. I will boo him every single time because he's an asshole. I think that's the East Coast edge you're talking about right there, John. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though. The, the stomping on the logo thing. Oh, <laughs> it was God. like, it was, you know, in, in, in his, uh, you know, post-LeBron post Kyrie, uh, talk about more sizzle than steak. I mean, the idea that he's talked about in this, this kind of rarefied space and, and people, like, people who are better compartmentalizers than I am are able to compartmentalize all the crazy and the destruction that, that Kyrie leaves in his wake. Um, he's not a great player. And he's already down in Dallas saying goofy stuff, complaining about the way people in Brooklyn treated him and, you know, patronized him and, and whatever, whatever he was talking about in his press conference today. So it's like, good luck. You know, I feel like Luca, Luca is getting the Migo treatment, right? You know, Luca's down oh, there God. now with, with Kyrie and, and Migo's stuck with Adam Jones. I think you got like, <laughs> I, I see, I see some similarities here. I don't think it's, it's it's not a good way. For you just compare Mego to Luka Doncic, really? <laughs> I have, think I have to uh, to uh, paraphrase Gordon Gecko uh, regarding Kyrie. The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that booing Kyrie, for lack of better words, is good. Booing <laughs> Kyrie is right. Booing oh. Kyrie purifies. Scartsy, I think I have to ask you one question. Is it okay for the fans in Brooklyn to boo Kyrie when he goes back? Well, they'll have to get clearance from the Boston media, who, as we know, <laughs> orchestrated the entire thing. <laughs> the Boston media cabal, yeah, the the, the, that, the the Clover cabal did the whole thing. It, you know, someone in Philadelphia sniffed it all out. So, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> it, they must have one of those crazy. Uh, crazy crime scene uh you know with all the you know the threads going every which way figuring this out that uh that the boston media which runs the uh nba is, is causing is causing all this uh all this terrible things to happen to Kyrie for no fault of his own i think there will be a dead cat bump for Kyrie with the with the mavs john but is the if I set the over under on things going badly in dallas with is the mavs second loss in the playoffs would you take the over or the under oh my god it's no i mean that's yeah, things going badly in dallas is rivaling tyson versus mcneely i mean it's like i just don't see i i, I genuinely feel bad for Doncich, who i think is is an outstanding player to watch i i thought that dallas team was perfectly adequate you know they definitely need a second star they didn't have one but like what makes you he's think so ball dominant guy? he's so ball dominant yeah it, what me i mean it, and again it's like there's something about like I'm sorry these guys that are jerking off to like player efficiency stats. Ooh, when Kyrie's healthy, like he's so efficient, he's elite. He's an elite player. Like there's a little bit more to it when you're part of a team. Uh, he sucks in everything else. Like he sucks in he sucks in like being a part of a winning culture. He's just not that guy. And to to associate him with Doncic, I think it it 
potentially ruins his development. It, it, but, you know, I don't think Kyrie will be there long enough for that to, to be the case. Shaq, is, is Kyrie officially reached I heard of him status? <laughs> yep. And he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he makes no sense to me. He really doesn't. And this guy, uh, I think I've said my piece. I think he's, he's just an idiot. And I'm, t- I, I, again, I will, like you said, I will boo him every single time because, um, and, and to me, that that's what I, that's what gets me. And I want to talk more about this on the weekend show about the media people who get on their high horse saying what fans should and shouldn't do, telling us how to fan. I will do that. And so if you just have to scribe about scribe about you know um, who's who's you know Jason Tatum and his turnover, that's your job. Whatever. But my job is to boo the hell out. Much respect on that point, Shaq. NBA trading deadline, our, our other two NBA guys, uh, Mike and Dan, aren't here. But I'll ask you, John. Uh, uh, the Celtics need to make a move to win the title. Can they win the title as currently constituted? You know, I'm, I'm thinking yes. Um, I, I like the way they're playing. Um, it. it the non-Tatum minutes have been a an issue lately. It's kind of the issue of the moment. I think a lot of that's cured when uh, when Marcus comes back healthy. Yeah, I, th- I mean, health is obviously like you know a major factor. I think as I hesitate, I just I really am thinking about their health. I'm thinking about like you know if Rob Williams is Rob. healthy, if Brogdon's healthy, you know I think they're deep enough. I think they're good enough. I watched Milwaukee last night. Milwaukee was outstanding last yeah, night. I mean, that's that's a good team. Um, if that's the Eastern finals, that's, you know, beating Milwaukee, uh, is, is no easy task. Uh, it'd be great for Philly to be in the three spot because they can beat up on Milwaukee, uh, in the Eastern semis. Um, you know, after that, I mean, I think the East ends out pretty, pretty good. Oh, Cleveland's Cleveland's kind of frisky, but, um, you know, I, I, I do think they're good enough. We'll see what happens though. If, if the trading deadline, you know, kind of creates some, some separation, uh, at the top of the, the conferences, uh, with some of the good teams getting better, you know, maybe maybe it will be more challenging. But if they're healthy, I think yes. Scarzi was one of the most humorous things you've seen on that that uh, bird app in the last week. Was Upton complaining about Bill Belichick using nepotism to hire his sons? Oh, God, that's that's some pretty good stuff there. Yeah, <laughs> find find a bigger thanks, Dad. In, in in the entire history of the uh, National Football League, no and kidding. I think, and I think he'd be there. As for the uh, Celtics, I don't think there's any player out there that's going to be more conducive than uh, just a perfectly called timeout. Cures <laughs> <laughs> it cures everything. It does. It does. It's there's probably numbers to back it up. If you could find them, that'd be great. Well, I actually got through the podcast. The wrap it up light was preemptively on. I have Brian Barrett audio. They're going to mercifully uh, spare you guys from playing. But holy <laughs> shit, he had Ted Johnson on for a second time to discuss Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And I think Mike on Route One said it. If he didn't, I'm not giving credit. It's like having asking Bill Belichick's ex wife to go on yeah. to speak with him. Uh, just to have Barrett on. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand from Brian Barrett's booker that Cassius Marsh was unavailable. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it's like you go into there's there's a there's a rogues gallery of aggrieved expatriates 
Uh, I'm sure if anybody can locate Monty Beisel, he'd Monty Beisel and Adelis Thomas will be on the next off the yeah. pike. Yeah, I mean it's like, come on. I mean that's that's not that's not serious. Like Ted Johnson being on NBC Sports Takes is not serious, and to have him on your pod to talk about Belichick is not serious. Like people who are serious about giving their customers like legitimate content, they don't do that. That's because that's not a serious guest. You know what he's going to say. He's just grinding axes. It's you know, but whatever. It's like, it's not serious, but that has become what we would expect. It's it, it's intellectually dishonest. And I'm heartened to see that uh, Barrett is indeed doing entitled town numbers when it comes to his downloads. He hasn't gotten a, a, a big increase in followers at all since he's gone. Never go full Bedard at all since he's joined the ringer. So that's encouraging. It's hard to believe that a fourth string uh, AM uh, uh Boston sports radio hack on the second tier station isn't isn't connecting with the uh, listeners of the ringer but hey, that's a hey, shame. well when he goes pitch by pitch for Josh Winkowski in April uh complaining <laughs> about why he threw a, a cut fastball instead of a slider away uh in the second inning to a you know Jackie Bradley Jr. type with the Brewers then you know then the numbers are going to really start to pop I've had the idea of putting Barrett's podcast on as where we're recording our podcast in the background <laughs> and just pulling up the volume occasionally to hear what stats he's reading off exit velocity and batting average on balls put in play when hit to the right side of the infield there's 243 which is unsustainable for Xander to continue to perform at an all-star level I just I gotta hate him he's, I, he's so smarmy I, I think back to I think it was his very first podcast it's the only time I ever listened to it and, and he had Chad Finn on and he asked Chad Finn, like, is there a market for that, right? Is there, you know, he said to, to Chad, is there a market for this, this, this advanced hey, stat oriented, you know, pitch by pitch stuff? And uh, I think the market's spoken. The tribe has spoken, Brian Barrett. Um, guys, this was fun. It's nice to get, nice to get back in the saddle. Um, John's at that, John Irons. Uh, Scartelli Sports Junk Drawer coming out on Wednesday the 8th. Correct. All right, the sports junk drawer is at the15net.com. Shaq is the captain of Entitled Weekend. Uh, he is at Atomic Dog 5150. My name is Mike Irons. Thank you for listening to the latest edition of Entitled Town. And as always, for the love of God, stay off the pike and turn off your radios. We're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.